When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, IDP Army. Ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. What is up, possums? Welcome to Offensive Points Podcast. Um, crickets. I wish we had a cricket sound in here because that's kind of what the news cycle is doing. But we don't care. We're going to dive into everything. Um, we got some breakout players for you guys today. As always, I am with Josh. You can follow him at Josh Hall STL. And Billy, follow him at Ombre Vendor. Me, I did change my Twitter handle and it is op joe with two e's thank you derek richards for pointing that out on youtube that was awesome um i love you guys shouting that out there uh guys we got a fun show for you today and uh as usual we uh we want to hear from you so follow us talk shit we'll talk shit back like i always say and we're gonna have a good time so josh billy what is up yeah i can't believe i found out from this guy on youtube that you changed your twitter handle because i saw that he said that and i'm like what like how does this guy know that and he's awesome super fan we then, need to get him a shirt <laughs> and then i was Derek Richards, I went, if you're listening you to this tweet us we'll get you a shirt i went to yeah went to twitter and i saw that yeah you did in fact change it and i was like well yeah. okay i That's, do like that a random new fan it appears uh checked us out and called Joe out and was like, listen, he just cha- he changed it. I don't know how long it's been changed, but this is this old news literally happened. I don't know days ago. So that's pretty interesting. Also shout out to my wonderful wife for making the awesome graphic. You guys won't see it until, you know, we do a live podcast, but uh, the sound of the sounds phenomenal. And the, uh, the graphic is great as well, but ready to talk about new, not even camp news, but, off season after Super Bowl news. Yeah, this is pretty bad. This is pretty bad news week. I really I was I was hoping and praying. Sunday night we got word that Aaron Rodgers was gonna make some sort of decision this week, and there was a Green Bay uh press conference scheduled for Wednesday where the GM was gonna speak on like some of the franchise moves, and then we knew Aaron Rodgers was gonna go on Pat McAfee on Tuesday. So I, I was just really hoping that that's when we would just drop the ball or, you know, drop the bomb that he's leaving green Bay or really signing back. Really bad time to be talking about dropping bombs uh, with the whole world war three starting, but you know, well, thanks for throwing that dead fish in here. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate yeah, speaking that. of speaking of dead fish. I got a heartwarming, warming story. Actually um, the van Jefferson. I think we all saw him grab his kids and go run into the hospital. He named his son champ which was- is the coolest damn thing ever. It's like, hey, dude, how'd you get your name? Well, my dad won the Super Bowl the night I was born, so that's how I got the name. Best champ awesome. Champ Bailey. I will say, I was going to say, re- reminiscent of the Champ Bailey, the champ. Um, so, I mean, 
really works out. But yeah, no, phenomenal name, phenomenal name. I'm surprised the wife went for it, but I mean, I guess he did just win the Super Bowl. So I mean, he did I really say no. He's setting that. that kid up for success. I mean, he really name is. An, the name like an that. unsuccessful champ that you know. Also, Champ Jefferson Good just point. sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. That's amazing. So anyway, circling back to the Aaron Rodgers thing before, you know, Josh decided to ruin it. So Aaron Rodgers put out an Instagram post on Sunday night where he was really reminiscent about like things that have been happening in his life. It really looked like a goodbye post. If you ask me, you can. If you ask Stephen A, he'll say the same thing, too. (laughs) And so I thought maybe we were going to get something because of that. But I don't know. I mean, he also could have just been, you know, in his feels. He's going through a breakup, quote unquote. Not sure if that's real or not. So maybe he was just thinking about the boys and just thinking about his life and just needed to get that out there. And then some kind of juice cleanse. Do you think he had Hawthorne Heights playing in the background when he wrote that? Probably. Probably. At least one of the emo bands for sure. Especially with Shailen Woodley being his fiance for so long. She definitely got him into some of the emo bands that he might have missed out on. Probably so. But yeah, so nothing ended up happening with that. There he said he's not you know, he's not gonna commit to anything about his future yesterday on Tuesday shocked shocked to see that and then today packers literally announced nothing other than they're restructuring kenny clark's contract to free up cap room like that's that was it that was the big news so my uh my suspicions here are aaron i mean we've called this uh, i think gerald our packers friend packers fan friend uh, is the only one who thinks he's going to be in green bay next year i think we all have denver collectively um but with Devonte Adams being a free agent, they can't even really franchise tag him and afford him. So it makes me think that, I mean, Rogers has already been actively pissed off about not having any offensive weapons drafted and brought to him. Why would he stay? I mean, other than the fact of his contract or whatever, like, I mean, they can, they can get that. They can get out of that. They can figure it out. They can get him out. I don't, I don't see any way that he stays. I know that there's like rumors and everyone is just trying to do their best to like, report something while it's uh off season news um which once again we it is under camp news so yeah i think he's gone man i, I we'll know, I know by that, next month i, like say, I know there's been news that he's th- he can stay and he might and he will or whatever yada yada i just think it's done i think that was a goodbye post without saying it yeah yeah i mean after last year though i mean is it can we really trust anything aaron Rodgers says i mean he literally threw both of his bosses and the owner under the bus and was talking all this mad shit and then next thing you know it's the last dance and you know i mean we we can't we can't take him for his word until he does it and i think he likes that i think he likes stringing the media along he put that out knowing the type of reaction it would get aaron Rodgers loves seeing his name in lights and we're just going to keep getting this until we actually see how it plays out. So yeah, I don't care to speculate. It's kind of fair. funny to listen to him because you know yeah. that he's just doing this for the media. He's not yeah. doing this to actually make any kind of decision or nothing. Comfort yeah. his teammates, like nothing yeah. like that. He doesn't give a fuck about it. You're right about that. But if that was the last dance, he stepped on a couple toes on the way out. So or during the middle of the oh, dance, so it was it was a little clumsy. A terrible yeah. joke too. It was an okay. analogy. I know. Okay. He had well, COVID, fun. man. Oh my God. <laughs> there it is that Joe was a good okay. fucking save thank you joe that's thank exactly you. where I was. I was gonna no, but, say that yeah but no <laughs> there there's also a news report out that the packers are willing to let Devonte adams test free agency um that is a symbol to me that they don't think rogers is coming back because he's their only way of keeping if Adams leaves, there's no way we'll rogers see is coming back I feel like next week we could easily get a report saying Devonte adams is you know, close to signing a mega deal with Green Bay. Like, really, yeah. listen, I know this. This we're trying to do the best with this news. You keep getting all negative. We'll we see. have to we'll talk see. about hey, something. It's just, bro. It, I know, and it's just like this is the worst kind of news because it's the wait and see approach, and I hate that. So it just sucks, but whatever. Only other news we have this week, and it's not even really news because I mean, even Josh was saying it before the podcast, he's not shocked. But JC Jackson, it appears as if. The Patriots are going to let him walk. They have not had any kind of contract uh, negotiations up until this point. And I have no idea why they would let a top five cornerback just walk away. But I mean, I guess so. I guess that's the plan. 
Yeah, there's been rumors that he's going to the Raiders pretty much. I mean, for like the last month now, even before the Super Bowl and well, well into the past here. So that's why I was like, wait, this is news. I, I mean, I guess it's official. So sure. Well, he hadn't said he just said to like either today or yesterday that he hadn't been in contract talks with him. So like that's why everybody's like, oh, they're not even like trying. I don't know what their cap space is like. They don't try to keep players in New England. He does call himself Mr. INT, which I'm sure Bill Belichick loves that. Yeah, but I mean, that's how they do it. They they let these players get their big heads and then they move along and replace them with someone because they're a good franchise. They almost treat their players like it's an honor to play for the Patriots. So if you don't want to be here, then go ahead and leave, which is interesting way to do it. But they've been very successful in doing that. Yeah, they, they well, hate with they, Tom Brady, they have they have an yeah. estimated cap space of three mil. So I mean, they don't they don't have it to sign. But them, it's basically. just okay. So here's the thing, though: you made these weird, splashy free tight, tight end last signings. year, Aguilar. and you actually have like a player that's like top, at least top ten at his position, and you're not going to sign him when you bring in a couple of tight ends that aren't even close to the top ten you, tight ends. You, maybe you know signing I thought was. A good signing at the time, or would have been. I don't know. Had they not brought in both of them, Johnu Smith. I thought that would be a great signing. Well, yeah, one or the and, other would have been great. Yeah, but they have. They're both due nine mil a piece this year, and that hurts because really Hunter Henry wasn't even that impressive. I mean, he had a couple. Oh. He had a. He had a few good games. I'll give him that. And then Aguilar is actually there. His contract's really smart because it just continues to go down, but. Um, yeah, guaranteed nine mil this year, and he didn't do shit on the Patriots last year. He looked great for the Raiders two years ago, but so there's They've a been lot trying of... to recreate the Gronk Hernandez thing, um, for a long yeah. time. I didn't even know that. What 10 yeah. years at this time? Yeah, like, it just can't... hasn't worked out. I mean, they had like David yeah. Asai in there, and they had all these tight ends that they brought in, and it just hasn't worked. Well, so. I like both of those tight ends, but you didn't bring in a, a quarterback who gets to throw the ball like Tom Brady does, so it doesn't right. really make any sense. Like, they're not, I mean, they're good, they've done well, and they've caught the balls they need to catch and whatnot, but it's just like the work isn't there. You know, yeah, they just don't trust him yet. And maybe Mac Jones will get there. We'll see. This offseason could be a completely different, like a little philosophy change. He's going to have to get there because everyone figured out how to beat them. Well, here's year. the issue. They brought in Joe Judge to be a, like, I think a quarterback coach, which he was a special teams coach before he took the head coaching job at uh, New York. And now they brought him back to the Patriots to be a quarterback coach. And I don't necessarily know what kind of, opportunity that could mean for mac jones because he's not great their money situation makes no sense they don't have any like big name contracts and yet they're still poor yeah well that's the patriot way that's true uh, other than tom pay tom brady for 40 years yeah that speaking of tom brady now he's making a movie about a road trip of four guys to the super bowl that the patriots play in like is he one of the the quarterback that's playing in the Super Bowl, or is he one of the friends that's going to the Super Bowl? That would be hilarious if he played both. Like if he he was like, Yeah, guys, let's do it. And then it's like, oh yeah, I'm actually the quarterback. I'm Tom Brady. And they're like, What? (laughs) They're like too stoned. They don't even realize that it's Tom Brady that they're traveling with the whole time. Harold and Kumar go to the Super Bowl. (laughs) Harold and Kumar go to the Super Bowl with Tom Brady and don't even realize it. (laughs) Wait, you're playing? Okay. So, uh, so news. That's that's pretty much. Uh, that's that's if you news have, this week. If you have a club champion near you, uh, they're going to be open eight to eight uh, Monday through Friday. So that's a it's a breaking news cycle right there. That's a that's also, a sad moment. And for the for the nerds out there, all of this week is a palindrome week. Uh, two 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 was a palindrome, and then two twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. They're all palindromes. They all go back and forth. If you erase the 20 from the 2022, I'm just trying to help, you know, with what no, we I here. get it. It's just trick. It's, man, it's what stale. A it's stale. I get it. I like, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a nerd. Like I'm just happy that we're about past this, this new cycle. We can start getting into the free agency and trades and rumors and all Maybe that. We just kind of skip stuff. the news next week, unless there's something cool that happens. Yeah. We're going to be deep in the combine next week. Um, so hopefully that'll fill all of our time. However. All right. So let's get to the main event for this week. It is our 2022 breakout candidates list. All right. So we both, all right, I'm going to go first. I'm jumping in here. So we all, we all chose 
two breakout candidates that we think are just going to have just a breakout year. And my two, uh, unironically, are Quez Watkins for the Philadelphia Eagles and Greg Ward of the Philadelphia Eagles. So, um, yeah, Cricket. they're both nah, – Cricket. Cricket. Just kidding. You, but you need a cricket sound. I'll get on that. I'll, I'll, I'll no, get on it. I'll get it for us. But regardless, just kidding. But Quez Watkins – if they add a second receiver to that, Quez Watkins will be a great slot receiver. I just, I don't want to actually, I, I can make the joke, but I want to at least give you guys Quez Watkins could be a good deep find. So, geez, sad times. Well, anyway, I'll start out on this. We got 2022 breakout candidates. These are guys that we think are going to make the leap from whatever level they were at this year in 2021 to the next level in 2022. And we will kind of, I don't know, articulate what like level we think that could be as far as like where that possibly could finish. So I'll start out. Mine is Jalen Waddle. I don't want to overthink this because he's a strong wide receiver on his own. I think he finished in the top 15, if I'm not mistaken, anyway, in points. I think if everything might go according to plan, he could be a top five receiver next season. And my my reasoning behind that, Mike McDaniels, is the new coach there. He's going to bring in a scheme similar to what they use in San Francisco. He's learned a lot from Kyle Shanahan, and I don't think he's going to stray far away from what he did there. So I think that you're going to have a Debo situation, but make Debo smaller. And although I, I don't think it's going to be necessarily like much, like as far as like running back, like powering through runs and stuff, I think it's going to be a lot of screen passes out of the backfield. It's going to be a lot of yak, a lot of yards. Um, made through that way which that's what they excelled at this way and or this year and i think that tua being the quarterback is just going to flourish out jalen waddle to be a top five receiver this coming season based on his opportunity i don't disagree with you the only thing that worries me is that there's no other valid options on that team which also can be a good thing um tua's inaccuracy can be a, a bit of a problem obviously he did great um throughout the entire year. Great rookie season. I assume he'll elaborate on that. Breakout for me is a little tough. I, I just feel like he's going to do exactly what he did again. I just It's going to be hard for me unless they go and draft a rookie wide receiver, you know, a big a, – or get someone in free agency, even if it's a small guy. Like, is Devontae Parker even going to be there anymore? Do they have anyone else? That's my biggest thing. Gasecki, I think he's a free agent too. So I'm just a little worried about the other weapons – on that team. And I understand that it's, it can be a good thing to be the only weapon on the team, but it can also be a bad thing because they can hyper-focus on you. So I'm not saying I don't, I don't disagree with it. I just top is tough for me for Waddle. Joe. I mean, it was an 18 game season. So, uh, but he did lead all rookies ever uh, in reception. So that was pretty huge. He's, he's definitely got the work, even if they bring someone else in, I think that actually helps him more than it hurts him because he's going to be, you know, they run him on those underneath routes. They run him deep. He kind of does everything. Uh, so, you know, if he can elaborate, like Josh says, on his uh, receptions even more, that's huge. And didn't he have an injury for a couple games this year too? He was, was, or was he playing at all? He yeah. One. He missed one game. I mean, if he can keep doing that with the amount of catches he has, you know, in a PPR, top 10, top five, it's not out of the realm of possibility. So his receptions held up. I mean, he had that going for him. No. Okay, so like he, the only reason that I'm saying that I think what's going to be different from this year right here in 2021 to what it is in 2022 is the coaching and scheme change that is going to come about for the Dolphins. So I think they're going to bring in a running back. They're going to bring in maybe two running backs um, to try to take off some of that workload and make the running game something that the defense can focus on and then use Jalen Waddle in a little bit of a different situation than what this year when you knew they were going to pass the ball because you weren't as afraid with a running game. I think we're going to flush out the running game a little bit, and that's going to open even more opportunities for Jalen Waddle, and that's going to make him go from, like I said, top 15 to top five. It's still Tua, so if he can support a top five wide receiver, that's that'll be fascinating. Number one. Yes, we have dogs. Okay. They're going to be barking every once in a while in the background. That's just part of our life on our podcast. Hopefully you guys are dog people too, but, uh, well, Jimmy, Jimmy G's not a great quarterback and he made Debo what Debo is. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not taking away from the Debo. I would rather have Jimmy G than Tua. 
Well, I actually would. I don't, I'm I don't actually disagree, very excited but... to see because there are about six to eight teams questionably that need quarterbacks this year. And there are what three okay-ish ones that can be startable right away. Um, and then there's three kind of free agencies. And then there's this kind of two like Trubisky Garoppolo's. And I actually am very excited to see where Garoppolo goes because if he goes to the right place, he can actually be fruitful for it. He's had such a weird career sitting behind Brady for so many years and being, I, you say inconsistent, but he hasn't been that bad. I would, I've seen there's, there was 10 to 15 worse quarterbacks than him last year. I think you just that, don't trust him. That's I, I get the trust and I don't, don't I'm not, I'm not drafting him as my first quarterback for fantasy by any means, but I, I think he makes a valid backup for fantasy. At least I don't trust two of to, at all. Like there's no consistency there, but I, I, I love Waddle. I see the Debo role or at least somewhat. I mean, it might be more of like you said, screen passes out of the backfield, but he's going to get work. And the thing is, is PPR wise, what he's, what we're going to see from him is we're going to see uh, uh, Jarvis Landry on, on the dolphins that those slot shots all day where he gets 15 catches for 90 yards. And that's fine. But fantasy wise, you're I mean, super happy with that. I'm just baking on banking on offensive minded head coach versus defensive minded head coach. I think that switch could mean something. So that's fair. That's my argument for Waddle. Joe, what do you got, man? What do I got? I got Travis Etienne, and I am so freaking excited. We all know how last year ended for Etienne. The wind was taking out of my effing sails completely because I was so pumped up for this dude. He is an absolute playmaker. He was at Clemson, and he's going to explode onto the radar this year. So let's talk about Doug Peterson first. Uh, he always runs the RPO. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence and Etienne ran that down at Clemson. Um, they did a great job at it. Um, just to compare, I mean, Miles Sanders had 19 opportunities per game when Peterson was running the show. Uh, he does like a committee, but uh, it's really going to be hard to keep Etienne off the field. And he loves targeting his running backs. Um, just to use Sanders as a comp again, he was getting huge targets as soon as he took over as a lead back in Philly. On top of it all, he has always ran the top 10 in offensive plays per game. With the, And Etienne had a career average of 7.2 yards per rush and 13 yards or 11.3 yards per reception. Uh, I don't know if I've ever been more aggressively targeting a running back uh, in Dynasty in my whole fantasy career. This is, I'm excited for this. Also, I'm excited to see where he goes in redraft. Because yeah. James, there will be rumors that James Robinson's getting healthy by around that time. Um, I think, not to play negative Nancy here, but you said that he, you know, when he's on the field, he's really good. Well, the last two years he's had injuries. So, I mean, obviously in college, it wasn't as bad as this one. So hopefully we see him on the field, but not that an injury is ever a good thing, but James Robinson coming in and playing phenomenally in basically what, who was supposed to replace him's role uh, and then him getting injured right at the end of the year. You have to imagine Etienne is going to come off to a hot start and prove that he deserved to be drafted where he was. And I he's completely hung. agree with you. I completely he's agree hung. with you. Doug Peterson is going to utilize him. And yeah. honestly, he's going to utilize both of them, especially when James Robinson comes back. So I like both of them in both leagues. I think right now is the time to buy J James Robinson even at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, my, so my pros for Etienne is that he's fresh. He's going to be fresh. Like He didn't take any hits this year. That's a positive thing. I mean, other than the injury, obviously. Um, he did not take any hits during the entire season, so that part will be good to go. And um, I think the new coach that comes in will just have a fresh, you know, look on how, you know, he was set to play. They said he was set to play like a Percy Harvin role for Urban Meyer, but I, who knows? That might have been a disaster if he'd have done that. So, Got a fresh look with Doug Peterson. Can't wait to see what Doug Peterson wants to do. Now, the cons, I think, are he still isn't able to, like, weightlift with his feet because he's still recovering. Um, obviously, Is this Achilles a, as well? I, no, it's, it's a, a Liz, Liz Frank. But he says that he has been able to do, like, the upper body stuff, but his lower body, as far as, like, deadlifting and stuff, he's not been able to do that yet. Um Obviously, I think he will be able to do that by the summertime and he will be ready to go. But it's just, you know, is this going to linger? Is this something that's going to, you know, that would be no, my he's going like, to be fine. He's going to be fine. He's going to. Well, that's fine. I'm just it. presenting a con, a possible con. To, There's no cons here. It's all pros. To Etienne. And well, the problem no is pros. he got drafted no by a coach. The, he 
got drafted by a coach who had a specific plan and then that coach isn't there anymore. So literally he's done an entire year of wasted meetings and stuff with a coach that's not going to be there. So he's just networking, man. He's just networking. He's he's working his time. He's gonna I mean, luckily he's been there with Trevor Lawrence. He's been there with yeah. the other running backs, so he's learned all of that. So that's yeah. a good thing. We're all excited about to, to finally see this rookie in action. It sucks that his rookie year was stripped away from him. I think yep. that's pretty clear by all of us. So um, I'm not going to get into mine unless anyone's got anything else to add to Etienne. Um, it's hard. It's hard to really say that that's like it's bad because we haven't seen him. So literally, like he we'll could go no all a, pros. He could be a top ten running back right away, and we like we don't know yet. All I pros, mean, I'm telling you. I, I mean, he was in that Swift uh, Williams situation or Taylor, sorry, uh, Swift Taylor conversation for running backs. So I mean, there's both of those are great examples. So if he fits in anywhere between those two, he should have a great time. Yeah. Just got to stay healthy. So All right. uh, I'll get into mine. Uh, one of my first one is uh, Terry McLaurin. Uh, despite not ever having a solid QB throwing to him, he's just kind of remained perfectly relevant. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. But over 3,000 yards over the last three seasons, uh, an average of five touchdowns a year. That's a little low. But just imagine what these stats are going to look like when they actually have a quarterback. So out of all the more reliable uh, fantasy wide receivers, what do they usually have? A quarterback. Now let's get to the quarterbacks that have thrown McLaurin the ball the last three years of his career. Case Keenum for eight games, Dwayne Haskins for seven games, Colt McCoy for one game, his rookie year, Alex Smith for six games, Dwayne Haskins for six games, Kyle Allen for four games, his second, his sophomore year, Heineke, Fitzpatrick and Gilbert Heineke for the majority of last year, but Fitzpatrick and Gilbert one game apiece. That is awful. There is nothing good about that. Uh, he has remained phenomenal for what he's been getting. Um, and then with the healthy Curtis Samuel, second year, Diami Brown, and probably Logan Thomas back, uh, he should easily handle the majority of the target share here, but also not be focused on too much. So all mock drafts at this point have them drafting a QB in the first round, but you know, and right now it's Malik Willis, but I think it's probably Kenny Pickett, but if they don't even go after, you know, the top three Rogers, Wilson or Watson. All of yeah. those quarterbacks will be signed by the USFL in year some two. Point. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, whatever the battle Hawks XFL is coming back too. So who knows? Yeah. yeah, it might be on there too. A lot of opportunities. I'd take Heineke on the battle Hawks. That'd be dope. Heck well, yeah. he, he was on the battle Hawks. Mm-hmm. I know. Take him back. Well, I want him hey, back. well, we lost Tayamu to the UFL now, which is unfortunate. That's okay. But yeah, no, I just I don't understand why people hate McLaurin. We put okay, out, so uh, right, I'll, do, I'll do my pros and cons of McLaurin. I, I just I'm a pros and cons guy. I like the so the pros here. He's going to have his surrounding cast back in full force. You hope so. Curtis Samuel missed pretty damn well the entire season with an injury, um, so he'll be back to help take some of the pressure off. Logan Thomas got hurt midway through the season. That I mean, all of these people just funneled the ball to McLaurin because they of being injured. They didn't really have pieces to throw to, and they also had Deami Brown, who had a knee injury early in in the season, and then kind of got better as the season went on. But all of these pieces were meant to be there with him and help him. So like help take the pressure off of him so that he could get open and have more opportunities to make big plays. Not to so mention Gibson had that toe thing. So exactly. Well, yeah, and McKissick was hurt for a little bit too. Yeah. So like literally there was, you know, all the targets were just going to all sorts of different places. So that's the pro you go, you take pressure off the number one wide receiver. You're going to see better results. So the con is who the hell is going to be the quarterback? Because if it's Malik Willis, I do not love that. for Terry I don't. McLaurin. I, the reason they got Malik Willis going there right now is because everyone's hiked about him from the senior bowl. That's the only reason well, he's, he's going to end up there. being the number one quarterback in this like draft. And I not, think that's, Carolina. I say number one is in like that just because he's the best of a bad batch. I got Carolina taking Malik Willis. Okay. That, I mean, fair enough. And if they do that, that puts Washington even, even further bad, behind the eight even, ball. But even in bad drafts, when there's not the true like number one overall quarterback, they still creep up to the top ten every yeah. year. I mean, I it just happens. I, and hopefully no. for McLaurin, it's a Jimmy G goes there kind of thing. Not I would like Jimmy, Jimmy G. Jimmy G that would be great. awesome. Yeah, but even I if they so went too. Malik Willis, that's probably best case scenario out of the rookie quarterbacks for oh, McLaurin. Well, yeah. That's for sure because of the deep ball. I mean. We saw Heineke throw those out there where McLaurin was just getting hit right in the middle of the field. They were inaccurate. 
But if you can get someone with a cannon for an arm out there, McLaurin's a type of wide receiver that can absolutely take advantage of that. I like a good Kenny Pickett here if they're going rookie, but I, I don't think they are. I think they're going after the Rodgers and Wilson. I think uh, they're I definitely think, not. Rodgers is not going to go to the East Coast. Okay, probably not Rodgers, but I think Wilson's a very good conversation. And maybe even Watson. I don't know how well they want to deal with that turmoil that they got going on, but I don't know. I just, there's going to be that weird learning curve if they grab a rookie quarterback in general. Uh, so maybe I'm off by a year on this one, but I just don't give up your McLaurin stock or, and try to buy it. If anything, if say yeah. they grab Malik Willis or pick it and it's a bad year, that's the time to buy him. Cause McLaurin is not a bad wide receiver and he has literally had nine or well, technically I guess there's like seven quarterbacks that have thrown to him in his three years. So McLaurin's yeah. awesome. And you're right, Josh, there's a lot of hate on the man. I don't understand why we put, it, we put him in the top 10 for a dynasty wide receivers and people literally wanted to like murder us. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, because he's past his breakout age. If we want to talk about a dynasty thousand yards terms. a season though, with no quarterback, like he never had one season with a quarterback the full year. And the one that he almost did was Heineke. Like, I'm sorry. He has no, a very no. similar career arc right now to Allen Robinson. Um, yeah. Obviously praying there's no injury to that one, but you know, having an untalented quarterback your entire career or multiple of them, and then, you know, he'll move or if they get a quarterback, I mean, it's only a matter of time. And Robinson went to – Robinson did this with Trubisky. No offense, man. Yeah. But, uh, I mean – The the Colts' savior, Trubisky. Yeah. I possibly. would like to see where Trubisky goes, too. That could be interesting because, I mean, uh, whether he's not a starter, he's in one of those competitive, two shitty quarterback combinations. Yeah, no, I think he should get an opportunity. Definitely over like Teddy Bridgewater. Um, yeah, okay. poor Teddy. Well, let's move on to my last breakout candidate of this one. So for 2022, again, we're going to keep it simple. Gabriel Davis of the Buffalo Bills. Um, I think that a lot of people are not going to be surprised that he breaks out because of what he did against the Chiefs in uh, the AFC Championship game. No, it wasn't even the AFC Championship game. It was the divisional round. Um, he had four touchdowns in that game. He was torching left and right up there, um, for Buffalo. And I think that just you're, you're attached to Josh Allen. You are young and you're attached to Josh Allen. Need I say more? So Stefan Diggs, I think this is the, the point where he starts to decline a little bit. He's going to be 29 next year. And I think that Gabriel Davis takes, you know, takes that from him. You know, we've seen that plenty of times where, a younger wide receiver comes in with an older wide receiver and then the younger wide receiver just transcends what um, they were able to do there. So I think that Gabriel Davis will build on what he was able to do this year and he will only be better next year because I still think uh, main, I think defensive coordinators are still going to have the brain of digs, digs, stop digs. And they're still going to leave Gabriel Davis open for at least the first eight games of the season, just because they don't trust him yet. Well, so my, my thing here is this is the perfect Julio Ridley example here. Yeah. Julio's the digs and Gabriel Davis is the uh, Ridley here. And I just, I think it's actually better for them in tandem. I think that it's better for digs because it takes pressure off him, especially after that four touchdown effort. And then you got Gabriel Davis, who's wildly unknown other than that one game. I mean, he had a couple of good games throughout the year. Like it was nothing was great though. I mean, people own. Oh, dynasty, believe me, right? me and Joe. If you played DraftKings, me and Joe were eating off of some Gabriel Davis. All but day. I mean, there was one game over twelve that was like in PPR. I mean, it wasn't. He never. Oh, sorry, two. I guess there's a fifteen in there. It's not like he did phenomenal throughout the year. It was obviously huh. in playoffs phenomenal, but. I think that it's a, a one one A, one B situation. And I think once Diggs goes, I think it's actually worse. I agree that it'll be a breakout player this next year, but I think that like if Diggs goes, unless they replace that, I, I'm actually I'd be a little worried about him. It's almost like a Ridley situation. I know Ridley dealt with it, everything he had to deal with, but I mean he obviously lost Julio and was not the same player. So I think he he needs to thrive on that. And honestly, we don't know what he is yet. It's been one year, two years. Is it two years? Two going years. on three, right? No, it's actually he's, he was was he a rookie last year? No, two years. Second year. Second year. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, the two oh. words are Josh Allen. Oh, I agree. I think the I words think are that... Ken Dorsey. I think that's who the, the big thing yeah. is. I mean, they. I agree, but I think they that kept him in house. They hired from within, which is cool because he has seen Gabriel Davis in action. 
now when Sanders is gone or, you know, they're going to get Knox more involved in stuff. We, when you work and you see what, um, what Gabriel Davis can do all day, I would assume that Ken Dorsey is going to do everything he can to get him involved, uh, especially after that playoff game. I mean, there's no way you can just let that sit on the bench on that one. So huge, this huge year, breakout. I'm just talking about in the future, I'd be a little bit more worried. Let's, let's see what he's got. I mean, like I said, also all those four touchdowns. I mean, I think maybe one was disputed. All of them were like, he was just standing in the end zone. So it was almost like an unknown factor. Well, I mean, one yeah. of them, he just straight up burnt the DB that was on him and he, was wide open in the end zone because the you know he made the DB fall down. So I mean, I just felt like, well, let's see what we got here. Don't get I'm I, I'm not saying that he can't break out. I think that Diggs. Okay, so let's play. let's play. I don't I won't play a little game, I guess. But I just like if you were in redraft right now, is fifth round crazy for Gabriel Davis? I think it's a little early, but I I wouldn't hate it. I think it's a conversation. At least. Yeah, I could make not, the case for it and against. So that it. would be your wide receiver two, most likely. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't push for it, but I'd say it's a conversation. It's a hey, you're looking at young guys. You're looking at someone who's going to be with Josh Allen for a while. Especially if you have Josh Allen, I think it's a solid ass move. It's one of those moves that you could make the gamble on, and it could pay off massively at that spot. So. I just feel like when the running back dead zone starts, which is usually about the fourth round, maybe the fifth round, um, Gabriel Davis would be the guy I would snag there if you were able to solidify. There's just so much a wide receiver this year. That's there is, but the thing is, is you want a piece of an offense such as the Bills because Bailey, you you got him in the twelfth round, man. So don't tell me you're thinking about taking him in the fifth. In our recent well, in a dynasty league, but I'm talking about for redraft. Okay, oh. wait for redraft news cycles to start up and all no. the beat reporters and Gabriel Davis is going to shoot up. I mean, yes, it happens. 100%. He's yeah. on, on one of the top offenses in the league, probably top Set two it. this coming up. I have to say, no, not not for redraft. I thought we were talking about dynasty. Well, I mean, it's we're talking both, but for this particular conversation, I'm talking about I don't redraft. think he gets quite high up to five, but I think that six seven is a conversation depends on how big your league is too i just there i just don't think there's a way that he's going to make it that late but we'll see i mean when the news starts spinning and they start i think he's but that's the thing is if he is a seventh round pick this is a steal this is the debo samuel of the next year you know what i mean and i i mean i don't think he's gonna be debo but i you know could he be a top 24 uh, wide receiver two a top 24 wide receiver that would not shock me he said breakout player so i thought debo I do. I do think there's some postseason hangover on this one right here, but I love Gabriel. A little bit, but I, I I think that a little bit. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? Maybe they learned from what he was able to do in that game. They should. There's no reason he couldn't be what we're projecting him to be. It's just a matter of if they actually use him that way. That's true. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, but. If I had to bank on somebody getting a little bump next season, it will be Gabriel Davis. Hell yeah. My uh, breakout wide receiver is Elijah Moore. Um, everyone's on this guy already, so you're probably not going to get that much of a discount on him. But he had a kind of a roller coaster of a year last year. He was the wide receiver one for like a four-week stretch right there. Uh, but he finished the, the um, season with 43 receptions for 538 yards, five touchdowns, only played in 11 games. So that's pretty impressive there. Um, really, his best work came with Mickey Blanco and Flacco. Uh, him and Wilson didn't get right in stride right away, but they at the end of the year, they started to. But I expect a huge jump from Zach Wilson this year. I, am, I liked what I saw from him. And with that, Elijah Moore, I think, is going to jump into a weekly wide receiver one slash wide receiver two territory. Um, he only started six games last year and he averaged 12.6 points per game in a PPR. So I get on board before the train leaves. Uh, this, this dude's going to be good. Uh, it just hurts me that you're talking about a jet and it's not Michael Carter. Cause Michael Carter is the only jet that I would even want, but I guess the multiple people, multiple skill set coming out of that team. I just, I don't, I don't believe in Zach Wilson. I think is my biggest problem here. I think Michael Carter's You've never been more great. wrong. I've heard you say a lot of shit, but you've never been more wrong. I've said some pretty dumb Zach shit. Zach Wilson's going to the top. It's the Jets, man. I just don't believe. Yeah, I can understand why it's tough. I really don't have a negative for this. And I, I only see up for Elijah Moore. I feel like 
he was like, if he was on a different team, he would have broken out last year and he would have been one of the top receivers. Well, he tried to that. Oh, I know what I'm saying. Like he almost broke through on the jets last year. So I feel like coming into this next season, like there, there's all the arrows are pointing up. Like I was looking at the dynasty index, which by the way, go subscribe or pay for the Patreon and get into the dynasty index. It's um, awesome that we all have him or, you know, in the index as a second round talent in dynasty and like that is not even something i had considered until i read that and i was thinking like man you know for the next five to six seven years like who would i want elijah moore would be probably pretty high up there especially if he was to move teams or they figure out the offense but yeah going into 2022 elijah moore it's all up from here I mean, he's yeah. not he's not built like Megatron, but he is built to be that Megatron-esque kind of guy where he's just going to be the workhorse on that team. There's no one else there. I mean, Michael Carter is the only offensive weapon they have other than him. So I agree with that. I just, I just don't believe in Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson is just okay, even then they'll be, he'll be fine. I just, I don't know. I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm just playing devil's advocate here i'm not saying elijah moore well, you're, you're playing the wrong devil's advocate here because zach wilson is going to be awesome and elijah moore is going straight to the top and especially in a dynasty in a dynasty i value wide receivers so much because of the lifespan you get with them on your team so you know if we were doing a startup right now i'd be looking for elijah moore really early trying to get him on my team just because i think we're going to have him for a long time and he's going to be awesome all right zach wilson over under 4500 yards Next year, under. Yeah, under. That's a huge number. That is a huge number. All right. Well, yeah, a lot of quarterbacks do it, but you know, Jalen Hurts over under ten thousand yards. I guess yeah, that's slightly like, under, right, Josh? Slightly yeah, under. Yeah, I mean, it depends on. <laughs> are we counting rushing yards here? Because I mean, then it's a conversation. By the way, I would just like to go back. I, I know that people keep hammering old Miss for this, but twenty eighteen, they had AJ Brown. DK Metcalf and Elijah Moore all on the same team, and they were horrible. How did you all fuck this up? Who was their quarterback? Jordan Tamu. Well, yeah, there it is. Well, but you have three. Okay, I just you now I, those three guys, and how could you? Even with me or you throwing the ball, we shouldn't have that much trouble being good. It's you'd ridiculous. Imagine, but- that's how it be sometimes. So yeah, DK anyway. Metcalf was a 500 yard wide receiver. That's Just crazy. How the f- okay, I'm just not that great. He's playing in the XFL and then the UFL. So anyway, uh, let's get my last one real quick. Uh, Javante Williams. I don't think anyone's arguing this one. I don't think we have a, a disagreement for this. It's Javante season next year. Uh, this isn't even a surprise. I don't need to talk about it. But Melvin Gordon is basically out the door. Uh, and for every hater out there, he is a great running back. I don't know why everyone hates him. I was a Javante own manager manager and nice. i yeah i caught myself uh nice. and i still love melvin gordon i can't you can't be mad at the guy i had an eckler too and i i just i don't know just it's dumb but anyway javante now inherits a good portion of gordon's 200 plus touches uh they're still going to bring someone else in there there's going to be a second guy but i think this easily gets javante 300 touches um and i think this is just a no-brainer i think he's going to go stupidly high because of his talent level uh and he's been in a split backfield his entire career with Michael Carter and North Carolina. So he's going to have that healthy, healthy safety net there. Obviously anyone could get injured, but he hasn't like, he didn't take 400 yards in college, like uh, Todd Gurley or anything. So um, I, I'm not saying he could be Jonathan Taylor because that's ridiculous, but I think with the right quarterback, he can be a top five quarterback or top five running back. I it just, I really a semi-competent quarterback. A Garoppolo would be fine here. Uh, what they had last year was awful. I think everyone's thinking it's Rodgers or even Russ at this point, but I, I think even Willis could actually make it on this team and make this a competitive roster. And like the offensive weapons that they have on this team, Judy, uh, Sutton, Fant, Javante, that right there is enough to make any quarterback that doesn't suck completely make th- this guy's going to get, he's going to get 300 touches. Like yeah. it's anyone, stupid. but Bridgewater or Locke could make this team. Exactly. Awesome. That's no one's saying. no one's doubting the the talent of Javante. Um, he's a great great uh, guy to acquire right now. Uh, my only worry about it is with all those offensive weapons. Nathaniel Hackett comes in. You know what does the offense look like if they do bring another back in? 
they're, they're going to have to use Tim Patrick. They paid him. They're going to have to pay Cor- or use Corlin Sutton. They paid him. Judy, obviously, is going to get involved. So I think it's going to look a little bit more different than the Fangio run offense we saw last year. But still a good, good. good guy to get on your team. Good, because it was terrible. Well, he loves running the ball, so I, I, I yeah, I have no bad notes for Durante. I, I it's only up from here. Uh, my only worry would be them trying to do some kind of split backfield thing again. But at the same time, this is a completely new staff, so I don't think I think that they're going to recognize the talent they have on their roster and use it appropriately, rather than what they did this year with the split. See, I just yeah. don't see them going and signing another Melvin Gordon at this point. I can see them signing a you know lesser running back like Dontrell Hilliard or I don't know like Dante Foreman, the ultimate Dante, nightmare. Yeah, okay, well that could be a problem. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm just it's saying, gonna, the it's not. They're not signing a a veteran star at this point. They're signing a young guy who's going to run with Javante for years. They're going to sign someone for two, three years, McK- McKissick, uh, someone like that. Like they're not trying to. Um, because it's not a good example, but that type. Well, of okay, let back. me run through. Let me run through a couple of names and see who out of here would be well. a bad. Who would be a bad person? So, the top running back obviously is Leonard Fournette. That would be bad. Horrible, I think. Obviously, Melvin Gordon. We already talked. They're about. very James, similar running backs. So that'd be bad. James Connor. Horrible. Connor's a free agent again. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Very so bad. I think that'd be bad. They're the same um, style running back, though. You're you're, you're naming Chase all. Edmonds. Horrible. I actually like that. I like that. I feel like that's the same. I think that's repeating. Javante's um, not really. He's actually a bigger dude than you think, though. He, I mean, he has he can catch the ball, but I don't think it's like a bad thing. I guess it does take away his pass catching prowess or fantasy. It kind of sucks, but I think for as a true runner, it helps him. All right, three more. Uh, Sony Michelle. Not great. I don't, no, I don't, I don't think that's a good comment. I think I think Michelle would. I think that would be good. I feel like I mean, you that, might get him for a good price because that way you know they would for sure be using Javante properly, and then just use Michelle to be you know just to yeah. spell him out every now and then. Uh, Marlon Mack. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting because yeah. I want to see him get a shot. It's not actually because of Javante, but I think that would be a good combo. What 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 Marlon Mack did before his injury was pretty phenomenal and. He should yeah. be fully healthy. We didn't even get to see him really this yeah. year. And then uh, Rashad Penny. He'll be. I injured, think. I so think that would be the best case. I think that would be. A, I think that would be bad. He's only like twenty four. I, I just don't. I would not want. I don't want them to pair someone with him that's young because then that's gonna. It's gonna. It might linger. Like Rashad Penny had five healthy games last year. He's gonna step on an acorn somewhere and hurt his ankle, and then Javante has full reign over the backfield. It's gonna be amazing. Well, you just you go back to having a Royce Freeman Lindsay split. I mean, at that point, why not just like. Give Javante the keys and go get like a Mike. Well, I think Javante is way more Mike talented Boone. than Royce Freeman. Yeah, I agree. Really. I just think those are all guys oh, that they could. Well, I don't think they're going to put like Leonard Fournette. That would be, I think, crazy. But somewhere not, around the Marling Mack, Sony Michelle, Ronald Jones, somebody like that. Not to mention there. all these rookies that are coming in. They're uber talented. I mean, this running back class is insane. So they oh, could yeah. easily Give get someone Damian in the third. Pierce. And yeah, they could get them cheap too. There's like what ten decent running backs in the rookie class. I, I Better than decent. Like yeah, we'll get to that at a later time. But okay, well that wraps up our breakout candidates. So if we want to go back over them again real quick, so mine were Gabe Davis and um, I already forgot his name, Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. Wow, he he really believes in these guys. I I, I do believe in Jalen Waddle. <laughs> and I had McLaurin and Javante Williams, who uh, both of them are going to have stiller years. I had Travis Etienne and Elijah Moore. Get both of these guys, you'll win your league. I promise you. Yes, which there will be different uh, breakout candidates, which we will talk about it more throughout the summer. Kind of get more of a short up list. But right now, like what we're kind of given the like dynasty ish take about who to pick here, and then for redraft, obviously, if you're listening this early, these are guys that we project to take the next step coming into the next year. But dynasty it'll be fine to grab these guys as well, at least for one year in Gabe Davis's case, according to Josh. So, yeah. All right. On to golf. Joe, take us to the Honda classic. It is the Honda classic, uh, playing at PGA national. Um, we got kind of a weak field here. There's only two top 15 players this year. Um, after that long West coast swing, I think most of the big names are taking it off, but, uh, still some fireworks can happen here in this tournament. Um, First, I have Alex Noren. Um, he's played strong the last two tournaments, actually has a tied for third. 
he actually tied for third in this tournament in 2018. Um, I don't think there's a better ball striker in the game right now. So really like to see Alex Noren with his game coming into shape here. Uh, Billy Horschel. Uh, it's hard to cheer for this guy. He has a very punchable face, but he's playing rock solid golf right now. Uh, started off with a huge lead at the Farmers. Followed that up with the top 10 at Waste Management. His finishes of late are tied for 23rd, tied for 10th, and tied for 6th. Give me a top five for this dude this week. Uh, I also like Daniel Berger. Uh, he's playing some really good golf. It's only a matter of time before he gets another win. Uh, everyone and their mother is on Sunjay M uh, this week. Uh, I get it. He won. Uh, he's been playing some good golf, um, but he's super expensive on DraftKings. I think he's like 11-3 on DraftKings. So if you want to pay up for him, I wouldn't argue with you. I do think he's going to have a good week, but it's a little too rich for my blood on DraftKings. Um, Brooks Kepka, uh, we can't count the buff Shady out of this one. Um, he's a constant stallion in every tournament he's in. Uh, he really underperformed last week, but he will be hungry this week, and he will not want to get shown up by a weak field, so I like Kepka a lot this week. He, uh, he likes to be motivated to win, um, and this is one of those I think will happen. Uh, my sleeper for this week is Matt Wolf. Uh, he has three top 15 finishes this year, and he is one of the longest drivers of the golf balls you will ever see. And that works really well on this course. So I like Matt Wolf. And then uh, Keith Mitchell. Um, I'm not going to go into detail about this guy because he's pretty boring, actually. But he did win here a couple years ago. It was his only tour win, and he usually plays well. So if you're looking for someone to throw on your roster for relatively cheap, he's a good guy to go after. Nice. That's, good golf. That's all I have. I'm can't, I can't wait to pay attention to some golf. I threw some money on my boy, Louie Oosthuizen, and I can't wait for that to cash. A little top five action. Ready for my South American friend to make me some cash. Yeah, that's a good bet, man. I just, I'll believe it when he finishes. I don't have, I don't have, any, I don't have anything on this golf, but I appreciate it. Well, fair enough. Joe, want to get us out of here? Yeah, guys, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, keep keep an eye out for the new content. We're working on some stuff right now. Uh, so we'll have that out for you. Um, really excited to work with you this offseason. And you have a wonderful evening, morning, whatever it may be. Have a good day. And that's the end.